Hello and welcome to Dog Talk with me, your host, Nick Benger, the ultimate podcast to help you take the next step in your dog training journey by learning from the best experts from around the world. Hey, welcome to another podcast. This is a bit of a strange one because you're actually listening to this whilst I'm in LA. I'm doing some training in preparation for a, a TV show I'm working on. And yeah, it's my first time to America, so I'm, I'm very excited. And hopefully I'm having a great time while you're listening to this. <laughs> so this is pre-recorded, which is a bit uh, strange, I guess. So uh, yeah, this podcast is sponsored by Tromplo. Tromplo is an animal training platform which is all about combining the art and science of training and applying it to all species. They have a range of really excellent online courses and it's founded by Agnieszka Janarek who's been a previous guest on this podcast and is just generally a really awesome person. So check out her courses over at tromplo.com. That's spelled T-R-O-M-P-L-O.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Michael Shikashio's Aggression Course. Michael Shikashio is, in my opinion, probably one of the best experts on dog aggression in the world. Absolutely amazing speaker. And he has got a new course. His course is open enrollment, so you can join at any time. And they are self-paced modules that a student can go through at their own schedule. And after you've completed those modules, you're given access to live group mentor sessions that happen all year round. So you can check out Michael Chicasio's course at aggressivedog.thinkific.com. So that's aggressivedog.think and then it's ific.com. And I'll make sure I add links for both Tromplo and Aggressive Dog uh, courses in the description for this podcast. Today, I'm talking to Steve Goodall, who you would have heard on this podcast many times before. Steve is a co-author of the book Puppy Tales, Jack and Billy, and runs Goodall Dog Training in Southampton, England, with his wife, Corinne. And with Steve is uh, Nat Light. Nat is a clinical animal behaviorist, and she runs the popular Facebook page, Drax's Galactic Adventure. Together, they're launching a new podcast called Barks from the Bookshelf. So yeah, let's get into it. Well, it is, you know, there is something really rewarding about introducing people to people that you know, have a lot of value to add to the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's something really rewarding about that. Like it always, like just what you just said, Steve, that you hadn't heard of Clive. Like that is a lovely, lovely that I was able to kind of yeah. be the middleman there. Yeah. 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 You're the middle, you're the pusher. Yeah. <laughs> the well, you guys pusher. are going to be, you're going to be as well. <laughs> yeah. Book dealers. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I, it's a matter, it's just a matter of getting through because we've got quite a big, reading lists at the moment mm. and of course it's not set in stone at the moment and other you know other things come up and and other people have got books that are coming out so it makes sense that if people have got books that are coming out to do it as a promotion type type thing but um in terms of just learning like like for me i mean making a joke about <laughs> teaching steve or whatever but it, it you know really has it's been brilliant just but having a reason to sit down and go back through these books and reread them you know things like don't shoot the dog the other end of the leash um calming signals the our first episode is with Churid Rugas um 
and that one's the Karma Signals book. Yeah. Tiny little book, but massively influential in what we do. But huge. Yeah. Yeah, and really good going back through it. It's it's the terrier of dog books, isn't it? It's it's little but mighty. <laughs> little but mighty. Yeah. Well, all of Turrid's books are pretty thin, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So you have a short one first. On as well. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. We I've, I've emailed her, but um, she's uh, other end of the leash is on the list. Yeah. So yeah. it'd be nice. You've got a you've got a wish list then. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, we got a wish list. Um, <laughs> we got Karen Wilde's book as well, being a dog. Um, we've spoken to Karen. She's yeah, Karen's she's up, up for, for it. On, so that's cool. Um. The Art of Introducing Dogs. Yes. Louise, yeah. um, oh, I've not heard of that one. Oh, it's brilliant. Brilliant book. Whose book is that? Uh, Louise, and I've forgotten her surname. I don't want to say it wrong. Um, okay. Jinman. There we go. Louise Jinman. Um, okay. She's say. an American trainer. Yeah, it was in there somewhere. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I introduced that book to pretty much everyone that's thinking of getting a second dog or, or a first dog to be honest it's just a really nice um you know when it's just really well structured and um you can sort of flip through it if you want to or just read it in one go it's it's brilliant right. really good book so are you going to be doing audiobooks as well I, w- I would like to move to audiobooks as soon as possible um, <laughs> no, um if, they're, if they're available i'm, I'm going to start re- like Reading using audiobooks as well, so it wouldn't. There's no difference, is no. there? There ain't no, no. difference. It's just, no, it's no. Just a lazy I love one. audiobooks. <laughs> I love audiobooks because I think most people in this profession you're driving all the time, so it just makes yeah. a lot of sense to make use. And I'll of be honest, that I've time. had I've nearly had numerous accents trying to read as I've been driving. <laughs> so so it makes, makes perfect sense. That is a yeah, joke. Definitely. Can I just can I just put that forward? That is a joke. I'm not an irresponsible. Oh, Steve, you, he is a terrible driver. That's not driver, the first though. time you no, put your foot in it this week, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Putting my foot in it is kind of what I do. It's my US. Well, I think yeah, I think it's a really great idea. It's a good idea for a po- uh, podcast, and I'm surprised no one's done it to this point. Actually, well, we had a little look, and you know, hopefully, no one has. Yeah. Um, but if you have. Contact us. <laughs> we'll have you on as a guest. <laughs> I just so actually, you... I played Nick has heard our theme song before you've heard our theme song. <gasps> wow. So wow, go. I didn't realise I was the first person to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I'd literally just finished recording it. You haven't it, used you any know. of those awful samples from me, have you? No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. <laughs> I attempted some Destiny's Child. It didn't go well. <laughs> so it's a goal to do like, uh, is it to be like a review or is it to be a summary or you know what is what's going on um not really a review because who are we to say you know whether something's good and and to be honest all the ones we've chosen we've we've been very biased in our selection haven't we yeah um so it's more of um a cheeky taster yeah and and an opportunity to learn a little bit mm. as well. Like and you know the thing in in the sections that we've got. So so we've got like a caught my eye section. You know, like if there's one particular thing that maybe um, well obviously it's caught our eye, but like that maybe we don't agree with or, or do agree your with eyes. Or, 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 or pricked my eye. Yeah, 
think we're gonna have to call it that in fairness. I'm like, my eye. I think it is gonna be the pricked my eye section. My eye section. Um, and we've got a question section. So if, if we think of a question as we're reading the books, we write them down, we make notes, and then we come together and and, and that's the way we're working it. So definitely in a way we and a practical application section as well. Yeah. So yeah. for people that have got dogs and that are listening or are reading with us, this is how you can practically apply that to your dogs in training or behaviour. Yeah, I guess we're kind of picking out some sort of pertinent interest points and then talking about how they would help in everyday life, basically. So um, it all comes back to um, how it's going to help you because, you know, reading's fun for reading's sake. Um, But, you know, if you read with a purpose and you then have a practical application, then it's going to be beneficial all around. Have you applied anything that you've read since doing this to Drax in the training you've been doing? Uh, do you know oh. what? Um, Tura's book was really good to have a reminder um, of of body language. It's what I do day in, day out. Mm. But it, you know, you could you forget things, and to go back, it was really useful because at the moment. Um, I think I'm in kind of observation stage with Drax at the moment, just really, um, you know, the the lower level of the hierarchy of needs. So just keeping him safe, um, keeping him fed, trying to have, um, you know, build confidence and have good um, association. So a lot of the time I'm just watching him like a creep. <laughs> in your pyjamas. Um, yeah. In my pyjamas, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so so it was re- it was actually a good book for us to choose first as well. Yeah. And, um, I think as we go through, there are definitely going to be bits that I think, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. I'm going to give that a go with one of my dogs or, sure. you know, um, because you do, I think, day to day when you're working with either your own dogs or clients, you kind of fall into a bit of a patter. And yeah. sometimes it's nice to just go back and refresh and add some new bits to your repertoire. Yeah. That is so true, the patter thing. Yeah. It's so, so true. And I found that with Turid's book as well, exactly the same thing. And actually, as I was reading it, we were going through uh, firework shenanigans as well. Um, mm. So it was it was nice, you know, reassociating myself with the signs of, you know, calming signals and stress in dogs and those sorts of things, well, what to look for. Calming signals is an interesting discussion. It is, because isn't it? I don't know if there's much evidence to support calming signals and it's whether you you it's the intent is what matters isn't it is it a, is it a signal to actually calm uh, a, another, another yeah or is it a sign of stress because well, in actually, fireworks actually it would probably almost certainly just be a sign of stress yeah, wouldn't it sure but um it was it's interesting with other dogs I'm assuming you guys you you buy-in is his calming signals actually is to calm well if you listen to our first episode Nick, we actually, <laughs> we actually cover this <laughs> spoiler alert yeah um it is interesting isn't it because it could be you know it, the effect it has on dogs one dog to another dog it might be completely accidental it might you know it's it's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to pin down isn't it because Unless you're right in their head. And it it kind of, uh, you know, it all goes down to labelling, doesn't it? I think maybe they, uh, the the kind of title of calming signals maybe infers more uh, meaning than it should. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we discussed that, didn't we, about alternative naming and at the end of the day, their communication. Yeah. 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 I just mean the, like, uh, the intent behind it, right? Mm. Because, like, there's a difference between 
me getting stressed out, right? And and then my inner internal state is just expressed in my behavior versus actually behaving in a certain way as an attempt to change someone else's behavior. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And the two could... And the weird thing is, how do you pick those apart? Because the two could be so massively linked that you can't it's yeah. a very hard thing to see so but i would i definitely feel like i've observed a dog calm another dog down yeah. with whether there was intent in that it seems like there is i must admit it seems like it sometimes yeah. so you know i actually i do agree i'm just playing devil's advocate yeah, yeah. well you're good at that <laughs> and i do I, well i sort of say um if we did have kind of monitors of of how the dog was feeling each time then maybe it's it's less of calming them down in a situation but you know sh shutting down an interaction um and and or, or not giving overt signals that they're ready to play so i'm just thinking yeah. because it's fresh in my mind because grew and drax were in the garden today and grew was not up for playing at all and i just watched them for about 10 minutes and he was just like expertly giving drax all these signals without really giving him anything if you know what i mean yeah. and it's just fascinating to watch and i think you know we can all pontificate about the the kind of research behind common signals and what they're actually inferring but for someone that's never even heard of the term before mm. i think getting getting the idea that oh my goodness if i stand back and watch i might actually learn something is is great because we that's where it starts isn't it observation yeah. and that's the big thing Obser being able to sit back and observe what's going on is, yeah. is the, that is the the way in isn't it that is the way that you're going to start learning about how your dog interacts with other dogs how they deal with situations yeah. and, and if you can start seeing those signs regardless of whether or not they are on purpose or not yeah. then you can help your dog out in, in all sorts of situations before things escalate and sometimes and yeah and all of that yeah i just think it's an interesting thing to kind of mull over and think about but i agree like having an understanding of dog behavior is critical in seeing things seeing when your dog's stressed right and that's going to reduce bites yeah. which is a big thing that people talk about trying to yeah reduce the number of dog bites yeah and and all that kind of stuff so yeah, I've, I think it helps a lot when you can start seeing it coming. The cautionary note I always give people when they start reading those kind of books is uh, don't feel like your dog is stressed constantly. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I'll always <laughs> get people when they say, oh, I've read calming signals and, you know, oh, I just realized my dog yawns constantly. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> always when he's tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, yeah, you've got to explain context to people as well. And I think, <laughs> yeah. And, and always, I always say, you know, don't, don't like run out the room as soon as you see your, your dog do a head turn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I think, but I, I also do think that when you learn more about, dog behavior and you do observe these little signs you do end up seeing a lot more miserable dogs out there than you thought there actually were so yeah. it is a kind of blessing and a curse sometimes especially at big like dog shows and you just think oh my yes God. yeah that is true that is true yeah i was at it's a, like a, the big, whole... a big dog show this summer um uh that was okay. put on and um yeah, it was it was hard. Hard work walking around one of them with a bit of knowledge. It is hard work, and I and I had a stand there like trying to sell books. So yeah, yeah. to be happy, Steve, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I had to be Mister Happy Happy Steve. That was the time I was there, and it's um yeah, it is. A bit of knowledge can be a, can also not be a yes. great thing sometimes. It's like the whole ignorance is bliss thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a, a lot of the times. Uh, sometimes you go to a party or something like that, and 
you see the dog stressed out and like it just you can't help <laughs> you know, know you can't yes. think about anything else you yeah. know it's just like oh my god the dog's there and he's having a crap time yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it does because that's then all you can think about right because you're just like out of the side of your eye you're just like constantly like trying to look out for the dog I d- i'm always hanging around outside shops like if i nip to the co-op or something there's a dog tied up outside i'll just sort of stand with him just make sure he's all right until oh, until the owner comes back out and they're like are you okay I'm like, yeah just checking your dogs all I, right, all right. i mean i'm not i think i'm out i might have told this story in our podcast i don't know but the, the the most striking one of the most striking things i ever saw i was doing like a one-to-one um just just puppy socializing so we had a puppy and we're in a small like shopping precinct wasn't very busy, um, people milling around, other dogs. But I was kind of back with this puppy on the peripherals, just, you know, reinforcing stuff. And someone tied their Labrador up out, right outside a newsagent's, like right outside the door, literally right outside the door. And I sat there and watched as five or six people walked in and every person that walked by the dog, hand out, petted the dog on the head. Yeah. And this dog... Deserves a medal, if I'm being honest, because it was clear to me yeah. he was not enjoying any of it. He was like head turning, lip licking. And from what I was observing, I was seeing a dog that was not happy at all. And it just it just blew my mind of like, you know, what the sort of stuff that we accidentally put them through just mm. from being cumbersome big apes, you know, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Just wandering yeah. around with our hands out. It's, it's yeah. a... It, it, and again, it comes back to that. Just that little bit of knowledge can really change so much of how we interact with dogs. Yeah. And people are, you know, so many people are oblivious as well. You know, I remember the last time I gave a business or attempted to give a business card to someone was uh, I was in the park doing a training session with someone. And there was this, just this dog. It was a German Shepherd cross. And it was obvious. It just kept getting into incidents with other dogs like literally three or four incidents within a couple of minutes uh and like it got to the point where i couldn't really ignore it because i was doing a session with someone and they're kind of looking at me like you know (laughs) (laughs) giving you the side eye like what's are you gonna like you know are you gonna do something about this kind of thing so yeah it's so tricky isn't it yeah i walked over and i said uh, I can't remember, can't even remember what I said, but it was something really innocent and with the intention of giving her a card and just offering her some help and stuff. And she was deeply offended. She was like, what? My dog is very well socialized. Because <laughs> he, he goes to daycare and he, he loves other dogs. And I was just like, okay, well, Bye. I'm not going to get in an argument with you. I've offered and, yeah, three three times I've offered uh, like freebies when I've seen situations like that and I've, and I've gone over and given a card and said hey you know let's do a half hour you know we'll come around we'll have a chat about it no one has taken me up on that I no find one. it all so stressful you're braver than me so I I used to think I would maybe do that and then never did in any instant and and then I got so kind of internalized like oh my goodness I've got all these skills and I should be sharing them with people but then they don't want me to share them with and I just thought right just let's stop so now what I do is I whenever I see someone doing something nice with their dog I say you're really nice with that's, your dog that's the better way I love the it. fact that yeah. you gave your dog a treat there and then they well, skip off into the horizon and everybody's happy <laughs> I'm not that with long lines I'm, I'm, I'm a maniac <laughs> with long lines if I see people using a training line long line with their dog I like shout across I feel woo well done you 
I love long lines. And they're looking at me like, who's this crazy bearded weirdo <laughs> yelling across the field? But you're right. That's, that is the better way of doing it. 100%. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, because, no one wants you know, it. Oh, it's good for your own well-being. You know, I started off for my own well-being as well, but it does genu- genuinely, you know, make people happy, I yeah. think. It helps. Yeah, because I think most people do expect, I mean, because I work in, in kind of um, recreation management when I was at the Wildlife Trust, and so anyone walking towards you with intent to have a conversation, you're like, oh, my goodness, what are they going to tell me off for? <laughs> and actually, if you then go, uh, thanks for picking up your dog poo, yeah. and they're really lovely, and you've got a really nice relationship, and they go, oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. 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 Different way of thinking. I think yeah. I think Nick Singh Singh is like I have been on here the most out of every guest so far. I think we should have a little chat with uh, Nat about uh, how she came to be a dog trainer and what she's done and uh, and all that. Especially the, the Drax thing because that blows my mind. Obviously, I'm I'm Nat's really really good friend, but um, <laughs> the Drax's Galactic Adventures Facebook page is absolutely awesome. We're we allowed to do a little plug. Yeah, come on. Yeah, plug. well, I wanted to bring that up as well because yeah. I think we have a bit of a connection there because. My second dog, Pablo, is from Many Tears as well. <gasps> wow, you're a fellow Many Tearser. <laughs> and uh, he, when I first got him, he was mangy mm-hmm. and he didn't come out of the crate for about two weeks. Oh, and wow. actually, it was a bit concerning because, like, he wasn't really going to the toilet. He was very much at all because he was too scared to, like, get out of the yeah, crate, yeah. which we just left open and just allowed him to kind of do what he wanted to. Whereas now, He's so social, you know, he runs up to everyone and oh, he's also brilliant. one of the things I love. And this is very unscientific, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he seems to have like a real just love for being free. Like if you take him to the park or anywhere, he just loves running. Yeah. And, and you know, um, the kind of more sentimental side of me is like, Oh, it's because he was locked up. It's because he was pulling puppy farm yeah. and he didn't get the chat. But I'm sure it's just probably because Yeah, he but just we can't help it. ourselves, can we? Like, you have to have this little story of how happy they are. And then that's part of the reinforcement of, like, saving a dog as yeah. well. And I'm, I'm really a complete sap, Nick. Like, honestly, I cry happy tears about my dogs pretty much every day. And I'll probably cry when I'm talking about them. But I think yeah. that's a good thing. Like, yeah. they're, they're my life. Um, and... I I enjoy watching them enjoy their life really and and yeah. my my little mouse my um terrier one of my terriers she she was from um uh, she was like an ex traveler dog so she hadn't really lived inside ever and I I think exactly the same about her because she loves bed like yeah. you cannot get her out of bed <laughs> she she has her own pillow at the top of the bed and she sleeps under the duvet like a little person with her head on the pillow yeah. and it's just the yeah. cutest thing ever and i look at her and i'm like she's making up for those four years of never having a bed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really she's just, she's just lazy and happy you know but yeah, um, yeah i get it i get it <laughs> so how did you you know how did you get into this how did you become a uh, well, you're actually a behaviourist, aren't you? Uh, I'm a beha- Yeah, I am a behaviourist now. Um, and I kind of uh, started... I always wanted to work with dogs, basically, from when I was um, little. And um, I 
worked in the local kennels, so I was a kennel maid um, from when I was about um, a legal age, uh, being paid like 10p an hour um, nice. to clean up poo um, up until I went to... Um, did my A-levels and, and went to university and they didn't kind of do like animal behaviour or companion animal studies back when back in back in the old days um, so I did zoology and again still wanted to work with dogs but wasn't in a position to have my own dog and I just think you know you, unless you're living it you can't really um, build on your skills and all sorts um, so it wasn't really till we got Jack Dog our collie that I got involved and I basically walked into the Blue Cross and went, I want to be a dog trainer. Give me a dog that is going to allow me to learn all these skills. And they saw that as yeah, mug. That's a mistake. <laughs> 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 and they were like, here you go. Have this collie that bites everyone. Bye. Uh, no, they, were, they were absolutely lovely and so supportive. And, you know, we were like, I, I probably think now, having worked in rescue, they we must have been so strange walking off off the street like a young couple that want an energetic, trainable dog and don't mind about them biting. Uh, you know, it, dream home, really. Um, so then I just got it into into it from there, really, doing more and more. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I kind of had this... I'm sorry to keep bring, talking about myself. <laughs> but you actually, as you say stuff, it's just funny because it resonates. Like, because uh, I... When I was starting out, my I needed to do something before going on to university or doing anything like that. So I studied animal management. Um, and part of that course was, well, a lot of the course was at Bristol Zoo. Oh, right. So we did a lot of zoo stuff. And I think that you could have, like one of the things you can do is you can go on and do zoology and a lot of the lecturers and stuff are the same. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot that I learned on that course, actually, which doesn't get spoken about among dog trainers, but it's actually quite helpful. Like the understanding of environmental enrichment, like we did that in yeah. when I was studying that. And actually now that's starting to become trendy in dogs. Like people are starting to talk about it more. Yeah. And then also things like stereotypes. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are things that don't really get spoken about in dog training, but in the zoo world, they're, they're spoken about a lot. And it's one of those things really, isn't it? Where, like there's it's sometimes it's really good to learn something different because you find lots of crossover yeah you, you know uh so a lot of people uh work with horses and you know they cross over between the you know and there's or whatever but like having that more depth of knowledge in a different field can sometimes really serve you yeah i think i would probably call myself um uh an ethologist first, an ecologist second, and a behaviourist third, because that's kind of the order I've gone in my career. And actually, although I didn't go straight into working with, with dogs, I was working um, in wildlife conservation, and that taught me masses about my own body language mm. and the look, don't touch, <laughs> which I think a lot of people need to learn in all sorts of areas of their life, not just with their dogs. Um, but, you know, being able to sit still and watch deer rutting or, you know, just watch an otter for as part of a wildlife survey and not make a noise or, um, you know, 
move around or anything like that and enjoy it for two hours really taught me the kind of skill of observation and the love of it so um yeah the old ephagrams exactly yeah can i I just cut in it because uh, nat Nat did try and uh make me watch some badgers out of a window in wales earlier in the year and what what actually what actually happened was we sat there with a few beers and just looked out a window yeah. for two hours. Yeah. Saw no badges. <laughs> no badges. But, it, you know, it was, we had a good time. It was a good time. A, it, a, the appearance of a badger would have would have made it better. I would have lost but it. But I would have happily sat there for, for hours. And oh. I just think it's, it, again, going back to mental well-being, just being able to watch and relax and it was you know, be in the moment. It was interesting what you said as well before about um, displacement behaviours when mm. you used to work for the Wildlife Trust. Yeah. That was really, that really pricks my ears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, well, when what's, we're do- what's that? You well, tell us. Well, when we're doing like <laughs> when we're doing small mammal surveys, so we would trap them in things called Longworth traps, which are basically humane metal traps, and they would have enough bedding and food overnight. And you, so you set them, you put them out, and you leave them open, a bit like Pablo's crate. So you leave it open for a couple of days, <laughs> and then on the last um, day, you go and set the trap to trap. So the you know they've become habituated to it; they've learnt it as a food source. And then uh, on the survey day, you go around and you find your little traps. And if the door's shut, you know, you've got a small mammal in there. And you know, we would then empty them out and weigh them and sex them and, and write down their species, etc. But you'd often, so you've got like, say, a little harvest mouse in a Ziploc bag, not a natural environment for a harvest mouse. And it's sat there cleaning itself. And, you, you know, you end up then with people saying, um, oh, it must have been dirty in there. He's having a clean. It's like, well, this is not the time to have a bath. That is a displacement activity. That is a uh, a normal behaviour in an abnormal context. And, you know, it, just, it really gave me a good grounding, I think, for mm. for looking and understanding behaviour. And I am a complete behaviour geek. So. You certainly are that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's lots of little things like that as well. Like I remember when I was learning about snakes, because I'm also quite into reptiles, Snakes really love to have lots of contact points. So they like to be touching lots of stuff. And that's why they would squeeze into tiny little holes because they feel safer. Yeah. And then also, um, oh, I'm going to forget her name now. Uh, Temple Grandin. You know, she obviously, she developed these livestock, uh, these ways of moving livestock where they would have crush cages and all this kind of stuff where there is contact between something and the animal right and the idea is what happens is that it tends to calm them it tends to make them feel calmer and then so then coming bringing that into dog training when you see things like um thunder shirts and Mm -hmm. like all of that kind of stuff kind of makes sense right like when you have that knowledge from other animals that that kind of contact on them it can can make them feel calm. Yeah. And, you know, it also, having having a kind of research background as well, you think, okay, but what is actually going on? You've got that critical thinking. And, uh, you know, I get to, uh, or I did in, in my wildlife job, um, I used to work with a lot of landowners and, and they would have livestock and they would say things like, you know, when they're um, shearing the sheep, when they're upside down, they're nice and calm, they relax. And I'm like, mm, is it though? Is it though? And it's a bit like the the rabbit trancing, you you know. um, And I'm sure we all see videos on Facebook that you could give a proper behaviour analysis of, but you know, then you get called Mm. boring. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, that is great. That is a great point because you have to be 
whenever you use anything like that, you have to be really um, trying to assess, is the dog or the any animal calming down or are they experiencing shutdown? Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's, it comes back to body language, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. Sometimes it's very hard for people to tell the difference. Yeah. And I... We talked about this on our podcast. I know we did, but I, I've got this the new um, found hatred's too strong of a word. I think, but um, it, it's a trigger point for me. Is the word fine? Yeah. Um, because, uh, so, how is he at the vets? He's fine. How is he with fireworks? Yeah. How fine. is he with fireworks? He's fine. Yeah. Okay. So, what you mean is there's no obvious behaviour happening in either direction in a in a you know positive emotional state or a, or a aversive emotional state so so where is it are they actually okay and, yeah. and relaxed or are they in some form of um freeze you know if we look at the four f's um yeah i just find it all really fascinating and there's no substitute to just observing it which is why i am a complete pervert and watch drax obsessively on the webcam <laughs> Drax is um, I've, I've actually met Drax he's huge he he's is a donkey absolutely huge such a huge dog amazing is that is that where the name came from uh, my husband got to name him because um, it was his turn to name a dog and, and Drax you, and you bullied him together yeah well, well did I though <laughs> nah. I um, so he's he's from Guardians of the Galaxy Drax the Destroyer if anybody else has are you are you films. a big I think we were talking about this a little bit beforehand but are you a big Marvel fan then uh Jay is more so um I enjoy them I I think the Guardians of the Galaxy sort of yeah. um films are are my favorite um, yeah, so you're going to end up with like Star Lord and Rocket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't have any more dogs. <laughs> well, you know, it's my turn next. Anyway. Bigger house, more dogs. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> well, it's great that you're sharing that information as well, though, because a lot of people are going go through that kind of stuff, and also a lot of the information that gets given out by rescues and fosterers oftentimes is inaccurate because those people you know they have really good hearts and are doing awesome stuff but they don't have the kind of background in in behavior exactly yeah. you know and it comes back to that misconceptions and all of that kind of stuff doesn't it yeah and um everyone's an expert on facebook as well so actually it's been quite beneficial having the page separate from my work. I mean, I think most people kind of know that it's me now, um, but to start with, they certainly didn't. And um, so I was just a regular Joe on Facebook posting about my dog. And that was quite interesting um, because, you know, then I can kind of hop in with some qualifications if I needed to. But I've, I've literally got the best following. I haven't had any trolling. I haven't had anyone really saying anything that I would be worried about. No. It's It's been great. Everyone's been so supportive and it is hard work. I mean, we are basically living with a, a donkey-sized weeing and pooing machine in the house, you know, and now we can start to see some glimpses of the, the dog he might be. But it's it's heartbreaking living day in, day out. You just feel like you're just sort of... He's a prisoner in his own 
in his own life and in his own body and in his own mind. And, uh, you know, he's had the opportunity to to explore the garden, for example, pretty much after the first couple of weeks once he'd got enough sleep. But, you know, like Pablo, just wasn't on the radar at all, you know. And he's just slowly being able to expand that circle of safety um, and where he can explore and, and be happy. And hopefully I'll be part of that. The great yes. news we had uh, on was it Sunday last Sunday mm. where the um, Nat put a video of him up just running, just yeah. simply running after the other dogs up and down. And if you've been following the page, you just you know. Like obviously, I'm I'm, I'm a, a friend of Nat's, but if you if you 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 know how much that means because it's been such small increments, and and that's what's really really important about it. I mean, I teared up looking <laughs> yeah. at that, and because looking at uh, the, the comments of other people as well. Um, I think other people had that that exact emotion because you you've seen it. It's, you know, nearly it's a post a day, nearly, isn't it? Yeah, on the page pretty much. Of just how like these small increments, you know, lady equals food or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. it might be. And it's as a resource for someone who's got a you know a rescue dog. It's I think it's invaluable. I think it's been it's been fascinating watching, even though like not a massive amount has gone on. I don't mean that in the wrong way. No, it's loads that's of information, true. but it's true. absolutely fascinating to watch. And like you say, for getting information out there about you know how to rehabilitate dogs, invaluable. I also I, I try and encourage my clients to kind of document their own journeys as well because. Yeah. I think that's hugely reinforcing. Like, yeah. to, for example, I have photos when I've just got Pablo and he's just standing still, but his whole body language is completely different. Yeah. You know, his ears are like back and his tail's down. He just looks stressed even, but that was what he was just like constantly. Yeah. Whereas now, if you look at a photo of him, he just looks like a regular pet dog. You know, he just looks happy and, you know, confident and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it'd be the same thing with Drax. When you look back on it in future, like you'll probably see a big shift in just his, just his almost just general body language, like the way yeah. he carries himself. I hope so. And uh, to be honest, that's exactly why I started the page. Um, it was just to have a documentation of it for myself because how many times have we, uh, I don't know, let's say I'm starting uh, muzzle training with one of my dogs and then I think after about four sessions... I think, oh, I should have filmed this from the mm. beginning because that would be really useful as a resource. But you can never go back because the learning's mm. already happened. And then you're trying to, you know, teach someone else from a point that they're not already at. So yeah. I just really wanted it to be a good documentation of, of where, what he really was like and what we had to work with. And, um, you know everybody's come on board which has been absolutely brilliant and to have stories and have messages from people saying you know I've been reading this and I tried this and it's brilliant and um you know I'm really learning lots and it's just amazing really amazing one of the good things about Facebook <laughs> yes. well yeah I was having that conversation the other day with someone you know like you have to be careful with how you use social media and who, what you consume and yeah. where you consume it makes a massive difference to what you take out of it. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people say, I hate this. I hate, I love dog training. I hate the dog training community, you know, because yeah. of all the bickering and stuff. But that is so internet based because if you go to a conference or something, everyone's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a completely different vibe. Yeah. You know, it's only when you go on these Facebook groups and you get involved 
I've just stopped doing it now. I don't. I'm, yeah, I've, I hold my hand up. I completely, pretty much avoid all of that by not, go, by being blissfully ignorant and not joining any of those groups. I have my, I have my little bubble of people that I that I see as my peers, and I talk to those people and my good friends and everything. And and down here, the other day, actually, as as a great example. Um, a couple of friends of mine, amazing dog trainers themselves, um, through some freak accident, they were looking after a little puppy and um, he got out of their like enclosed garden that no dog's ever got out of. But this little German Shepherd puppy got out of their garden and they live right on the new forest. And this puppy just disappeared and, it, and no one knew where they'd Literally gone. Literally in seconds, direction. wasn't it? Yeah. Bang, seconds. And uh, the whole community, as soon as the call went out on Facebook, like... Everyone that I know, everyone like that we speak to on Facebook and that's come and you know work that I've worked with, and that we were we were just there. Everyone was there, just helping out in whatever way they could, and that was just so it was it was lovely. I mean, obviously at the time it was everyone was like you know hyper aware and it was quite stressful and, and it ended very well. The puppy got found, um, <laughs> and it was br- but just to see that many people, um, you know, come together and and all pull together and you know pooling resources some people putting up posters some people doing this you know some someone turned up with a drone with a camera on it to fly over oh, wow. and look and yeah. it, it was just really really heartwarming and and that i i wanted to write a really long post about it the, the day after i never did in the end but it's just yeah because you would you would imagine being in our industry sometimes that we all hate each other do you know what i mean or just looking for the looking for the next uh you know excuse to to slam someone from what some people say but that's not that is not my experience of this no, industry at all. at all not even in the slightest yeah. yeah i the more and more this year and more and more since i've done the podcast i've started to value networking mm. and networking gets like seen as this corporate uh, uh you know like this really corporate cold like yeah. cold calling cold messaging people and i don't mean it like that i just mean just kind of like making friends and maintaining friendships mm-hmm. Like, and the massive value of that, both to to both parties, right? For, for like, both just emotionally and just uh, yeah. in a kind of friendly way, but also um, just being able to help each other, yeah. right? Like, I think is, like, just, it's so lovely to have a network of people that want to help you and you, that you want to help. Yeah. Like, I really think that that is an amazing thing that most people overlook. Yeah, yeah because you know, we, we talk- you know, we shouldn't be trying to rip each other down. We should all be building each other up. And yeah. that's certainly, you know, my experience of our lovely um, network down here and wider. Um, and I think you kind of, you, you get out what you put in, don't you? So if you're, if you are, you know... Um, putting yourself out there and and sharing people's things and giving credit where credit's due, then that's going to be paid forward to, to you as well. Not that, I don't know, I've just been teaching altruism, so <laughs> we don't want to talk about that too much. But um, but um, I think that the <laughs> negativity is, is fuelled sometimes by a, a, a sense of um, of loss of, of work maybe. Yes. And certainly a lot of the people that I count as uh, friends in in that are uh, dog trainers and behaviorists have that kind of abundance mentality that 
our, our business mentor, Big K, shout out to the Big K, um, is always <laughs> going on about, um, which is that there is enough work to go around and we don't need to tear each other down. And, and actually, yeah. um, when we, uh, I went to the App Dog meeting um, in Parliament a couple of weeks ago, and one really interesting thing that Victoria Stilwell said was that uh, in general, our sector is massively undervalued um, in terms of the skills that you need to be a decent dog trainer and behaviourist, counselling skills, people skills, dog skills, you know, all yeah. the, run your own business skills. Um, and by tearing each other down, we're further devaluing that sector, yeah. you know, whereas it should be something to be proud of Um and, you know, most of us are, I'm sure. Mm. It's just a shame that uh, all this stuff goes on. But like you say, it's mostly in written form. People take something the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just lead by example, don't you? Yeah. You know, and I've... That's the, but that's the lovely thing about forming a network is you form a network of people that are genuine. You know, like, I'm, I'm not out there trying to make friends with the people that are causing shit on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you know, they, they've been unfollowed the... a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I've made a network of people that are really genuinely lovely people. But it's funny, I laughed a little bit when you went to altruism because for me, I was just reading The Godfather. So The Godfather's <laughs> in my mind and altruism's yeah. in your mind. Because at the start of The Godfather, there's a bit that I really remembered where he's talking to Johnny Fontaine, who's the guy that goes on to be like the pop star. And Johnny has come to see him to ask for help uh, for, to um, continue his career and all of, like help in his career. And The Godfather says to him, if you would have been... Uh, if you would have cared about other people and maintained your network, then you wouldn't need to ask me for help. Yeah. And that really stuck with me. Yeah. Just, just remind, you know, so I was just thinking of that. It just made me laugh when you said <laughs> altruism because complete opposite sides of it. Yeah. I'm thinking of a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you I was a behaviour geek. <laughs> There's a meme there somewhere, Nick. Definitely. I want to see a Godfather meme. <laughs> I love the Godfather. They just I, put I all the films it. on it. I did notice they're streaming all the films on uh, Now TV. So it's been a while since I've watched them. So I was, I was quite interested on that. Well, I watched the films and I love the films, but um, I read the book recently, which is why it's on my mind. Ooh. But do you know who's a massive Godfather fan? Go on. Uh, Laura Monaco Torelli. Oh, do you know Laura Monaco? No. Torelli? No. She's. Um, she worked with Cameron Mirrors for a long time and uh, oh, yeah. okay. she, she, she uh, talks a lot about her dogs. She does lots of husbandry training. I think she might have done, she did a UK tour recently, I think. But okay. she's, um, yeah, she's quite well known. And last time I had her on the podcast, she was telling me I need to watch uh, The Godfather because we were talking about her dog, Vito. Vito is. Yeah, it's obviously uh, Vito Corleone. See, we can't we can't hide our likes because all our dogs are named after them all. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> it's a good thing, really, because it ends up being like a in, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, like well, I do that a lot with clients. To be honest, my in with most of so Gru, my lurcher, only five year olds know where he's from, so I'm usually. <laughs> explaining to the five-year-old's parent that it's Despicable Me, the Minions. Oh, Rue, and then they said. go, yeah, yeah. Gru, G-R-U, yeah. Oh, G-R-U, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got a penny named after Penny from Lost. 
don't know if anyone ever used to watch Lost, but yeah, she's named after Penny from Lost. Not Penny's boat. Not Penny's boat. Saddest, no. saddest scene. I'm not sure you should have named anything after anything from Lost, Steve. <laughs> oh, don't. He's the best. This, this will be another be podcast, my friend, yeah. because I can argue all day long about Lost. You liked, you liked the ending of Lost? I love the ending of Lost. Oh, gosh. The one person in the whole world. Maybe, maybe we should end this podcast. <laughs> so if anyone wants to speak to me about the ending of Lost and why it was amazing, please contact me on... I've rewatched well, it four times, Nick. Can I just say that? Wow. Yeah, okay. there you go. Yeah, well, we need some good dog television. That's what we need. Yeah, some good dog training television. It's it's one of those things though, and it? it's just not gonna. I don't know. I remember when we talked to so uh, on uh, my other podcast, um, we talked to Victoria Stillwell. I was our first guest on there, and she was saying that she was going to. Um, she was launching this like whole networky TV thing um, in the next couple of years which sounded really interesting. And she was saying mm. that she was looking for people that were going to give content and, and things along on that. I thought that might be something that might be good, but I haven't heard anything about it since she said that. So I don't know if it's still in the Yeah, still in the I working. think it kind of, in order for it to be successful, it's got to be by the dog trainers for the dog trainers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because a lot of the requests that I see are, um, oh my goodness, the last one was that, how do you know if your dog is gay TV <laughs> programme? I'm like, well, I'm not going to go on that show, actually, as the behaviour expert, because what? Um, I actually watched it and it was ridiculous. Um, so, But I think a lot of the time the producers have this kind of weird and wacky idea and I wonder how much control you then get. And that's what people are worried about. Because if well, you're I know a lot about this it, now because I've been talking to loads of TV people hmm. about uh, TV shows and all that kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of the problem is... Um, it's based on what they commission, right. what the, the TV channels want to commission. And they won't commission a new TV show like It's Me or the Dog um, because it's been done. Right. And so oh, no one, they don't yeah. want that. Con they don't want to redo it. So it does have to have a weird and wacky. new. Yeah. So they all want a, they all want some kind of new take on it. I mean, I see their point. It's not like anything ever gets rebooted ever on television, any, you know, at any point, at any time, is it? You know, so what, yeah. Why, why would you want to do it with dog training? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, w yeah. So yeah, I don't make the rules, Steve. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still seething from your lost comment. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the other point is the, tr the it is it doesn't like dog training doesn't change, does it? We that much. We we have different ways of describing it and different sort of like everyone has their own little like you know anacronyms and techniques and things they use. But in, at the end of the day, it's, it's you know it's been it's been pretty you know the techniques and everything that we do. I've got, I've got a pretty similarish. Yeah. I know I'm not talking about obviously the Caesars and all of that sort of stuff, mm. but I but wonder if sometimes been that's showcased. a problem. Not properly. No. We've had the odd show, you know, like we've had the odd show that, but nothing really of a high standard. The Channel 4 uh, stuff was great, wasn't it? Because it was based on proper research. I think they focused on um, separation anxiety. Yeah. Was, right. Um, that was Emily good, Blackwell yeah. was on that um, with, um, I can't remember who was the presenter now. John. John. No, wasn't that John. I thought it was. Mark Abrahams, the vet. Oh, it was Mark Abrahams. Was it Mark Abrahams? It was, yeah. Oh, was it? Sorry, go, Mark. Um, yeah, but they they were sort of one-offs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, oh, you know, I, I, I think we've spoke about this, Steve, but I'm convinced that the future really is YouTube and maybe yeah. one of the streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh, I don't even think it's TV anymore. No, yeah. It's got to be dying a definite, let's be honest. It really has. And But then, what did I hear the other day? 500 hours of YouTube content gets uploaded every minute. Yeah. Wow. That's insanity, isn't it? You couldn't even. Well, I bet. Yeah. I bet at least four hundred and fifty-nine of those are of makeup tutorials. Cats. Yeah. <laughs> Cats yeah, jumping away from it, a cucumber. Let's be honest. A lot of it is going to be shit, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. But yeah. But how? Yeah. How do you run your way through all of that? I don't know. I, I, would it? Does it need its own? Its own streaming service, you know, like mm. a YouTube but for dog training. Does someone need to, you know, develop that and move forward with that? And, well, we obviously were waiting on like great dog training content, but the whole podcast world now is taking off. Yeah. Like the podcasting thing is really going full steam. You know, it I, seems like there's a lot more podcasts yep. that are just good quality, which is just fantastic. Yeah. 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 I, I, I yeah. must admit, I absolutely love listening to dog podcasts. Absolutely love it. I had a meta moment a couple of months ago and I was listening to Nick. Hit Nick's podcast yeah. while Nick was calling me on the phone. Wow. <laughs> Third wall. I know. <laughs> and I wasn't sure whether Have I should Have you got him saved up. as the Nick Benger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, oh, I like, yeah, I absolutely. The Animal Training Academy as well. That's another one that I really, really like listening to. You're a friend of, it's Ryan, isn't it, that does that Ryan, one? yeah. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. Ryan? No, I don't know. I don't know. I know. feel like and that's the problem with podcasts, isn't it? You feel like you know yeah. everyone that you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, drinking from the toilet. That's another well, great one. Well, this is the problem, Steve. You know, I was going to say, you know, Ryan could come on your podcast, but he's going to have to write a book just to be able to do that. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I've got, we, I've got a little, we've got a way around this because I, what we thought might be a really good thing is to do is to get other dog trainers on to interview them about the books that have... You know, oh, so ah, see what okay. I did there. Huh? See what I did. Right, I like it. Yeah, there not you go. Not too niche. No, no, not too niche. Yeah. Otherwise, well, when is it. when is this podcast coming out? So we're looking at launching in January. Mm-hmm. Um, get a few on a few under our belt before we put them out, so it's not pressure, pressure, Smart. pressure. Mm. Um, yeah. And we've got one recorded so far. Uh, about to do another one very yeah. soon. Can you can you give us? Can you tell us who who's coming on or not? So first one's Chewed Rugas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, second one we are we're hoping is going to be Clive Wynn uh, with Dog is Love, um, and then uh, who else have we got on our? We've kind of got, we put a list together, didn't we? Which grew to about twenty, yeah. and we've just got to shimmy them around in the right order. Risa Van Fleet said that she would come on, but she's not free till the new year. Um, and I've yeah sent out. We, it's kind of we're in a bit of chicken or egg because we're hoping that people come on, but we need to be able to show them that we're not. Yeah, so they might not always be lunatics before yeah. they'll say yes. So yeah, I understand the hesitation as well because I've had to be more careful now because I can't tell you how many first podcasts I've recorded with people. Yeah. You know, that just never see the light of day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's people's so. time, isn't it? It's in yeah. it's important. So um but we do have our Facebook page up and running. Yeah. So if you want to hear news and when the first um episode is available, then that's just uh barks from the bookshelf on Facebook. Yeah. 
And if you are, Super. if you have got, a, if you're an author out there, and yes, you, yeah, you're listening to this, and you want to, and you want to, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, send us a little message or whatever, that would be brilliant as well. Because yeah, well, maybe send me over your list as well, because I bet I know loads of them. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. Previous podcasts, yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be right, good. Cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. No, just thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been good fun. <laughs> thanks for having yeah. me. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for the check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How long till the next one then, Steve? I don't know, yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. March Madness or whatever we're calling it. Oh, good Lord, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are I you doing that... another challenge? Yeah. Oh, dear. John's desperate. John's biting at the bit. <laughs> Have you seen my little meme, meme that I've been doing for him? Yeah, yeah, that always makes me laugh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna die. This one, seriously. Yeah, I've got no. I've got no. I mean, I've I've thrown a kettlebell around once or twice a few times, but on, <laughs> honestly, I've got no. Is it gonna be kettlebells? Yeah, it's a kettlebell. I just bought thing. some kettlebells. Well, you can get involved then. That'll be good. Because I want to get. I want to get strong. Pinch. You're get yeah. Pinch for pinch. 2020. Yeah. Well, I thought if I'm gonna be walking an Irish wolfhound around, I need to look the part, and I need to be able to stop him from running into the road, so yeah so. get involved it's something ridiculous like yeah. I can't remember what it was yeah. now what was it some insane Sorry? amount of swings per day or something I don't know something like oh that. well I don't think we've really ironed it out yet no but, uh, okay I can yeah. do that more than running it sounds horrendous anyway absolutely horrendous well thanks for coming on anyway thank really, you really appreciate friend. it yeah really cool to have, have uh, to be able to introduce people to your new podcast which I'm sure is going to be awesome brilliant so yeah thanks cool. so much mate thanks Nick Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. It was a lot of fun to talk to Steve and Matt. And don't forget, you can grab all the show notes over at nickbenger.com slash barks hyphen from hyphen the hyphen bookshelf. And uh, you can get that in the podcast description, by the way, because I know that could be a, a lot to remember. And don't forget to leave a review. That's always really helpful for the podcast. And join our Facebook group, which is Dog Talk with Nick Benger podcast discussion group. This podcast was sponsored by Tromplo. Tromplo have a range of amazing courses all about combining the art and science of training and applying it to all species. It's a company that's founded by Agnieszka Janarek, who's been a guest on this podcast and is just a really awesome person. So don't forget to check out their courses at tromplo.com. That's T-R-O-M-P-L-O.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Michael Shikashio's Amazing Aggression course. The course is open enrollment, so you can join at any time. There's self-paced modules, so you can go through them at your own schedule. And after you've completed the modules, you're given access to a live group mentor or live group mentor sessions that happen year round. And you can check out that course at aggressivedog.thinkific.com. So that's aggressivedog.thinkific.com. All right. See you guys.